It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Did you hear Don Day's forecast for your local area? Going to be cold out there next. Well, when we get through this weekend into next week, temperatures drop quite a bit. So what you're going to enjoy today, temperature weather-wise, will be the warm cycle. Then the cold cycle comes in. Yeah, I'll talk to Don Day about that live at 745. Okay, so sometimes I like to start your day with something that's just fun because most news out there is garbage and annoying i get it we all need a break from the thing now before i get into what i'm talking about disclaimer warning this show contains reference to guns liberty limited government low taxation the cult of climate change free thinking cigar smoking short people rubber chickens karen's bureaucracy liberal buzzwords tour runs traffic toilets terrible jokes and more No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, of course, also before I do something like this, one more thing you and I have to go through. And if I have to do this, you have to do this. Whenever I'm going to pick on someone, the way I'm about to pick on somebody, this company makes me play the be nice disclaimer it's a song really to encourage all of us not to be such jerks so all together now be courteous kind and forgiving kind forgiving be gentle and peaceful each day gentle peaceful loving warm and human and great fuzzy be fuzzy have a good thing to say. Or don't say anything at all. Be thoughtful and trustful and childlike. Well, immature, yeah. Be witty and happy and wise. Wise, yeah. Be honest and love all your neighbors. Except for that one jerk two houses. Be obsequious, uh, purple and clairvoyant. <laughs> be pompous, obese, and eat cactus. Try not to be obese. Be dull and boring and omnipresent. Never boring on the show. Criticize things you don't know That's about. all I do on the show. Put a Chicken in your underwear. Carl. Put a live chicken in your underwear. All together. Go into a closet and suck eggs. Thank you for joining me in that. Now you're probably wondering what the hell, Glenn, get to the point. Well, okay. I don't really care what somebody else's point of view is, although sometimes I do come across points of view, we all do, that are just, you know, ridiculous. And we and laughable, but you know, okay, people can believe whatever they want to believe and live however they want to live. I'm not going to bother with them. It's not my problem. If people are thinking or doing weird things or living weird lifestyles, that's their life. Go for it, man. Especially because you live in a free country. Do what you want. But then some of these people start getting obnoxious and pushy and bossy and demand that we play along. And if we don't, Oh, they're going to give us hell, right? To the point that not only do they get obnoxious and just dull after a while, but then they start getting ridiculous. And that's when it gets fun. That's when I start having a good time. 
when these people get ridiculous. A bunch of trans activists want a song. It's an old song from one of the greatest entertainers in the history of great entertainment, Aretha Franklin. They want one of her songs permanently banned from the radio because it upsets them. It's offensive. Can you imagine, just think for a moment, what song would trans activists want banned from the radio? So here's the story. Woke snowflakes have become themselves again. Well, be clowned themselves again, says this author. Transgender activist group is demanding that Apple Music and Spotify remove Aretha Franklin's song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, because it's offensive. As Miss Mary correctly pointed out when I brought this topic up to her, she said, but there's a lot of trans activists that like that song. I can see why they would. Here's something they put out on Twitter. Aretha Franklin's 1968 song, Natural Woman, uh, perpetuates multiple harmful anti-trans stereotypes. Quote, there is no such thing as a natural woman. <laughs> the song has helped inspire acts of harm against transgendered women. No, it hasn't. Name one instance. No, it hasn't. They want, they want you to believe that the song has helped in, inspire acts of harm against transgender women. No, it hasn't. So this group is requesting its removal from Spotify and Apple Music. The author here says mainly reacted to the tweet questioning whether Twitter account is actually a parody account. Uh, and for clarification, this group is not a parody organization. They even tweeted back, no, we're a group of trans individuals seeking to make culture more fair for transgender individuals. We, and it talks about where they're based, Norway, North America, places like that. The Twitter account also praised Lionel Richie's song, Three Times a Lady, as a musical masterpiece, this is actually about a non This is what they say. This is actually about a non-binary woman. She switches genders three times in the course of their relationships. <laughs> That's not what the song is about at all. Truth be told, this author says, I have doubts about whether this group is in need of le is indeed legit or a parody account. But the fact is that I can't be 100% sure that there aren't activists out there that are actually offended. But see, this is part of what gets me when I read the article by this author, which he says, is this a parody account? It really, is this a parody account? Are you serious? You can't be serious. You must be joking. And this is where I say, doesn't matter. I don't care whatever lifestyle you want to live, go live it. Not my problem. I'm not going to worry about it. Go do your thing. But you can't force me to be involved. You can't force me to think your way. Okay, but you go do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to bother you. But then you become ridiculous. 
You become a caricature of yourself. You become so ridiculous that people begin to wonder, Are you, you must be kidding. There is no way anybody could honestly think this. It's too crazy. And the answer to that is sometimes stuff like that is parody and over the top to make a point. And sometimes it's not. And when it gets to the point that you have become a parody of yourself and people cannot tell if you're joking or not, then you've just destroyed your own cause. Morning, Rianne. Jim Ford Danger. Just what I always love to do. Wake up to hear Steve Martin. Yeah. But okay, so I, I will let you guys decide if this group on the internet is a parody group or not, I will honestly say I don't know. I mean, seriously, I, I don't know. I do know, however, and have come across, not just in person, but in stories I've reported you guys online, people who are so over-the-top ridiculous that they have become a parody of themselves, and there's no way to take them seriously anymore, and they don't understand why you're laughing every time they express their opinion. They just don't get it. Sometimes the best way to not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so here's the next one up. I'll answer your question, Rian. Why give these people attention? If you just joined me, I, there's a, a trans group that wants the Aretha Franklin song "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman" band because it's offensive to them. And as Miss Mary points out, she's absolutely right. There's trans women who love that song. So. If you're trans, you might hate the song, you might love the song, whatever the case is. Rianne, why give these people attention? This is why this community looks like a bunch of... <clears throat> yeah, I understand. But you see, these folks that I'm talking about and the next group I'm about to bring up here, they are constantly out there forcing their opinions on us and trying to force us to agree you you better say what they tell you to say think the way they tell you to think or else okay one of the best ways to battle that is just to show how ridiculous they are it's a way of fighting back let's go to norway real quick norwegian study will determine if white paint is racist at least it's not some American university study, although I'm sure I could find that. So I better not say that. I'm sure I could find that. Story here says, so we're thinking about repainting the interior of our house, says this author. Some of the walls are uh, kind of a pleasant gray. Others, however, are in the bedrooms and bathrooms. A unique shade of a dark Utah subdivision beige that is reminiscent of, well, he won't finish the comparison. He said it's lunchtime around here. So off we went to the hardware store to find some hues for our domicile. We are going to do something in an off-white. 
I'm not sure the actual white paint even exists anymore, except maybe as a primer. So we feasted our eyes on a dazzling, not to mention somewhat uh, nausea-inducing array of paint swatches, all sorts of colors, but they couldn't find just white. He said, as I mentioned above, white paint really no longer exists as just pure white paint. Instead, they go into all sorts of different shades and various cute names like meadow mist, fleeting cloud, ocean foam. They've done that to all of the other colors, too. You can't just pick like a yellow or a green. What kind of yellow or green, right? You have to have a flair for decorating to understand all of this. We picked out some kind of white, he said, and now I'm not sure running down the uh, labels you can even know what kind of white it was. But he says we have to sit down and rethink our plans. White paint, you see, has become racist, he says. I know everything else is. And to tell you the truth, I have never had enough time on my hands to even think about it. But apparently they do in Norway. University of Bergen in Norway is very concerned about this matter. It seems this is an issue of our day, a scourge of our time. Climate change be damned. Picket fences, hospital walls, and eaves across the world are now harbingers of white supremacy. The problem stems from a Norwegian scientific development, which was developed by two Norwegian chemists and led to the creation of the first non-toxic pure white paint called titanium white. This is now a bad thing, the title of the study, How Norway Made the World Whiter. Nor white, I kid you not. Whiteness, the story says, is one of today's key societal political concerns. Which, by the way, it's racist. All these people attacking whiteness, it's the new racism of our time. Within and beyond academia, worldwide actions revolt, he said, to cope with the racial past in uh, pivotal works in whiteness studies within art and architecture and history and music. It's understood that as a culture, well, this is a structure of privilege. New research from the Research Council of Norway addresses, however, a distinctly different battleground for political whiteness in art and agriculture, too, in architecture. Okay, so he says, on the one hand, it's kind of comforting to think that universities overseas are as mindless and agenda-driven as our own here in America. On the other hand, it's depressing to think that universities overseas are mindless agenda-driven. But, you know, go woke to get a PhD is what this author says. So uh, <clears throat> let's stop and just think about this for a minute. You have spent, yeah, I'm going to say you're a parent, and you've spent a bunch of money sending your kid to a major university. Also, your taxes spend a lot of money on major universities. And there are kids out there that are demanding that they get free college, that their college debt is erased. And they get to go to college for free, which means there is no free. That means that's your tax money again. Whatever the case is, it's going to cost you to go to college. It's going to cost you to send your kids to college. This is a lot of money. It didn't have to be a lot of money, but that's the way the universities have set themselves up to make this really expensive. 
And you would hope that when they graduate, they get some kind of a degree, which helps them to get into some really cool profession. That's not only an interesting line of work, but helps them make a good living that is productive, that adds to our society. Okay, so we advance as a culture, advance technologically. They have an interesting line of work that provides them good money, a nice retirement. This is what you're hoping for, right? Instead, they sit around doing studies like this. This is what they think about. This is what they spend their time on. That's what you spend all your money on. That's what they're demanding that you spend more money on through canceling college debt and providing free college. Now, in the meantime, if you went to, now I'm not going to say that University of Wyoming is perfect. By no means are they. They have problems that we need to get rid of. But I'll give you something different. One of the stories I wrote up this morning was Cowboy State, that's University of Wyoming, Cowboy State provides NASA with a space lasso. University of Wyoming students have been in a competition with some other universities to provide something that our International Space Station, our trip to the moon, spacewalk, stuff like that could really use. So you see, they've been spending time as college students inventing something new that we could actually use, astronauts could actually use in outer space. Call it a space lasso, if you will. I have the whole story on what that is and how they've been developing it and how NASA has taken a serious look at this. Now this is what you send your kids to college for, to learn things like this, or to learn a trade, which is one of the reasons I love trade schools because you learn in a trade school welding or to be an electrician or plumbing or something like that, that's an actual trade. So when you get done with trade school, you actually have a skill that you can go out into the world and use to make yourself a good living and it actually contributes to society in some way. You're not sitting around in a classroom. I don't know what their research is because they said they're going to research to find out if the color white as in white paint, is racist. Now, how exactly do you even research that? It would have to be pretty convoluted, right? And is this what you want your kid thinking about with all of that money you spent to send them to school? Does this do our society any good? Absolutely not. So, why I've been saying this for quite a while. If you're about to send your kid to school, take a look. Do they have studies like this in their, in their college? Do they do research like this? If they spend a lot of time and energy on things like this, do not send your kid to that university because those college professors are going to screw your kid up. Instead, tell your kid, I'm sorry you're not going to that university. I will not spend my money on that. I don't want you coming out screwed up. I want you coming out a functioning adult. So we're going to send you to some trade school instead. Pick a skill. And that's also, to wrap this up, one of my big pet peeves with colleges. In my lifetime, I've met many people who are going to college, and I ask them, really? What are you studying? What do you, what do you want to be? And their answer is, oh, I don't know. Then why are you in college? Well, you're supposed to go to college. 
You're spending all this money for what exactly? They don't know. But they're spending a lot of money on college for some degree in something that won't do them any good, but will probably screw them up. Coming up on local news, after local news, update on your weather forecast. My sister's just joined us from Lake Wales, Florida. Hey, sister dear. By this weekend and into next week, temperatures really drop. It's 24 degrees where I am right now. It's going to be far lower than that in just a few days. Let's wake up, Wyoming. look call glenn woods now at 888-97-WOODS this is wake up wyoming on k2 radio Six thirty-six. the time wake up wyoming my name is glenn woods thanks for joining me your new wyoming secretary of state chuck gray will be on at 7 20 this morning i just sent him a text message he Send a note back to me talking about what he wanted to talk about. Election integrity and property taxes basically is what he wants to go through. Now, uh, morning, Dave. Dave is in Casper. Now, Dave's a good Dave. He's not the Dave that I'm – the Dave that I talk about or is, is talked about in the disclaimer at the beginning of the program is the Dave from San Francisco. At the beginning of the program, I played a little bit of a clip of – this song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin, that's the song that some trans activists want to ban as offensive. Dave says, soon I'm sure there will be a woman-to-man trans group that'll be trying to get rid of Helen Reddy's classic, I Am Woman. Yeah. Oh, that could happen to We could probably come up with a list of songs that a lot of these people would find really offensive. But again, see, they are a waste of time. This whole conversation is a waste of time. But it is important, though, I think, just to show how ridiculous some, some of this whole conversation really can be. All right. Since I mentioned University of Wyoming, UW launches a center dedicated to nonpartisan firearms research. Okay. Now, here's where I say that UW is not perfect on this. As the debate over gun control in the U.S. continues, University of Wyoming has launched a new center dedicated to all all aspects of firearm research. The new Firearms Research Center, FRC, seeks to bring together voices concerned with all aspects of firearms for in-depth research uh, collaboration to discuss and create opportunities for learning. See, I don't know exactly... What are they doing here? Directors of the center said the focal point will be for all gun-related practitioners, scholars, policymakers, and practically anyone doing firearms-related work or interested in firearms in general. He said, we are starting the center to fill a need. There's also a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding about the field. The disclosure on what is truly a vast array of firearms-related subjects and stakeholders is narrowed down to just a few. So the industry lawyers in the field, regulators, hunters, law enforcement, military, just to name a few, their voices go ignored. Journalists, politicians, and others regularly make false or incorrect statements about all things firearms, 
in their regulations. The center will support original research on topics involving firearms and engage in a bold array of firearm-related topics and stakeholders and way to produce knowledge. It's, it is a place where someone can just go and get raw information on related topics. This is what they hope to do. Okay. <clears throat> It'd be interested to see what uh, kind of information this new UW Firearms Research Center will come up with. I will give them this. When it comes to misinformation about guns, so often from politicians and the media, you hear... Making sure that we don't have high-capacity, rapid-fire magazines that allow mass killings. Maybe we shouldn't have high-magazine clips. Gas-assisted receiver firearms. Machine gun magazines. And what sounded like automatic rounds. Seeing if we can get automatic weapons that kill folks in amazing numbers. If I wanted to fire this on full semi-automatic. Well, why do we need jumbo clips? The best do you know what a barrel shot is? I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shot is. Okay. Because it's in your it's legislation. It's thing that goes up. No, it's not. What the District of Columbia was trying to do was to protect toddlers from guns. It is harder to buy cough medicine than it is to buy an AK-47 or 50 of them. It is easier for a teenager to buy a Glock than get his hands on a computer or even a book. It's legal to hunt humans with 15 round, 30 round, even 150 round magazines. And he was not able to buy a weapon that shoots off 700 rounds in a minute. Pistols are different. You have to pull the trigger each time. An assault weapon, you basically hold it, goes blah, blah, blah. No, those are fully automatic weapons. Okay, this right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. Use these silencers to make them more available, which, as you because can imagine... Because the their ears were hurting. If you want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun. Put that double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts. Oh, thank you, Joe. Well, I've shot every gun, man. I've shot every gun, man. There isn't one I'd shun, man. Because I've had so much fun, man. Couldn't stop one, man. Because I've shot every gun. Yeah, Joe Biden line just reminded me of something. Let's see if I can find this here. Uh, Biden, uh, I got that song here. Uh, I've got a, oh, here we go. I have two shotguns. That's what I was looking for. In my home. Basically, everything that you just heard there was completely incorrect. That entire montage I just played for you, not one single line in it was true. And these are the people, not just the policymakers, but the news media, who are trying to tell you about guns and you don't know a thing about them. Six forty-two. Wake up, Wyoming. This weather update. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Uh, Frank, that time of year again. Here comes Girl Scout cookies. Oh. Okay. Excellent. Just just load, load us up this here. Looks, there's a few new ones. Raspberry Rally. It looks like a thin mint, but it's got a raspberry filling. Okay. 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 Uh, Adventure Fuels. In brownie-inspired cookie topped with caramel 
and some flavored cream, a hint of sea salt. This is sea salt. Yeah. Uh, right, I'll still take a box. One of my favorites is the Carmel Delights. That's yes, that, I'll take two yes, boxes. Yes, okay. Carmel, coconut, and chocolatey stripes. Only one box. Okay. Um, Dosidos, the peanut butter sandwich cookie. Oh, two boxes. Okay. Uh, Girl Scout s'mores. Two boxes. Okay. The lemonades and the lemon ups. Maybe not any boxes. Okay. You don't like peanut butter? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, well, there's peanut butter patties that well, look... Well, I at, like those, too. Okay. Now, my favorite, Thin Mints. Oh, classic. Okay. Uh, the Toastie, yummy toasty shape. It, it's shaped like a piece of toast, the cookie is, full of French toast flavors <laughs> dipped in icing. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll take a box of those, too. Toffee-tastic is gluten-free. Put the gluten back, please. Rich, buttery cookies, sweet, crunchy, yeah, toffee yeah, yeah, bits in there. And then, of course, there's the iconic shortbread cookie. Of course. Yes. Now, <clears throat> my complaint, and I have yet to come across a Girl Scout or Scout Master who's disagreed with me. Whenever they say on the box, serves eight... <laughs> Eight, eight minutes. What? Yeah, eight, yeah, eight, eight minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, what do you mean? Serves eight people? I don't think so. But eight minutes. I open up one of those boxes, and the box is gone. Yeah. You know what? Those Girl Scouts can come in here and sell boxes of burnt toast. Yes. And sell out. Yes, because they look at you with their big brownie yeah. eyes. Here's some burnt toast. Brownies? Will you want some? Sure, I'll take five. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will be on the road at UNLV tonight. The Pokes are coming off a 58-57 win over Colorado State on Saturday for their first Mountain West Conference win of the year. So they're 1-6 and six in league play and 6-13 and 13 overall. UNLV has struggled 2 in league play at 1-6, and six, but they're 12-7 and seven overall. And Wyoming has found it tough to win at UNLV over the last few years, so we'll see what happens tonight. And as a 9 p.m. start from the Thomas & Mack Center, we'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. In boys' high school basketball, ball from Friday night. Cody over Kelly Walsh 51-47. Natrona Lost to Thunder Basin, 50-37. to Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South, 88-40. to Cheyenne Central defeated Laramie, 61-56. Buffalo over Glenrock, 73-44. And Lusk over Burns, 69-62. And boys play on Saturday. Campbell County beat Natrona, 56-52. Riverton edge Kelly Wall, 60-55. Glenrock over Moorcroft, 56-51. And the boys' team standings at this point of the season. Cheyenne East is 11-2. Cheyenne Central is 12-2. Laramie, 8-6. Natrona, 5-7. Kelly Walsh, Four and seven, South four and nine, Glenrock five and four, and Burns is four and twelve. In girls high school basketball from Friday, Kelly Walsh a loser to Cody, seventy to twenty-five. And the Trotter lost to Thunder Basin, sixty to forty-seven. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South, fifty-nine twenty-six. Laramie got by Central, fifty-seven fifty-five. Buffalo defeated Glenrock, sixty-four forty-two, and Lusk over Burns, forty-four to forty. On Saturday, Kelly Walsh beat Riverton, fifty-one twenty-eight. Campbell County a winner over the Trona, seventy-two forty-nine, and Moorcroft got by Glenrock. 45 to 42. In the girls' team standings as of right now, Laramie is 13 and 1. Cheyenne East 11 and 1. Cheyenne Central 9 and 3. Natrona 7 and 6. Kelly Walsh 2 and 9. Burns 1 and 11. Bur uh, South 1 and 11. Burns 7 and 9. And Glenrock is 4 and 4. In high school wrestling, the Casper Schools competed in the Moorcroft tournament over the weekend. Natrona took third with two individual champions, Cade Nora at 113 and Noah Sides at 195. Kelly Walsh was fifth in Moorcroft and Glenrock 12th. In high school distance running, Sydney 
Andy Morell of Cheyenne Central has signed on with Iowa State of the Big 12 Conference. Morell is the defending 4A state champion in the 3200 meters in track and field and the defending 4A state champion in cross country. Yesterday, Morell was named the Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year in the state of Wyoming. And that's it in sports. I've noticed whenever I've had some leftovers, you know, like I'll put some fruit out in our kitchen downstairs. Mm -hmm. Nothing. It goes bad. I have to throw it away. I put a couple of boxes of Girl Scout cookies down there. We're like I mean, wolves. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, wolves. Yeah, and so I've tried, Frank. In fact, I just the other day I, I had a leftover orange. I saw that, and he had a little note that yeah. said, "This like this orange is free to the whoever can unwrap it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's still sitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pass. Yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. No, I, I put a note by the orange that said, "This is a free orange to anyone who knows how to unwrap it," and it's been sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. I'm going to end up throwing the orange away because nobody knows how to unwrap an orange. I've learned over the years how to unravel an orange in one big piece. Yeah, it's kind of fun. All right, coming up on local news, national news, weather forecast. At 7.20 this morning, your new Wyoming Secretary of State, Chuck Gray, is on to discuss a couple of topics. Let's wake up, Wyoming. It's a winter melt. Seven oh six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So coming up later on this hour, 7.20 this morning, your new Secretary of State Chuck Gray will be on. A couple of things he wanted to talk about. One of them is the voter reform ideas that he's had for the state of Wyoming to make sure that our elections are secure. And then uh, property taxes in the state of Wyoming, another big topic. So he's got, a couple, he's got some time to talk about both real quickly as we get an idea. At 9.20 this morning, Small Business Association of Wyoming Director Amy Lee wrote an article, Six Steps to Kickstart Your Small Business. We'll talk to her real quick. Okay, so I have up for you now. We're going to go, oh, God, they just don't quit, to the state of California. Probably one of the best things the Babylon Bee's ever done. Wish we all could leave California. Done to the tune of the old Beach Boys song. California Democrats are considering a wealth tax, including for people who have moved out of state. Yeah, if you decided that's enough and you left California, they want to come after you and tax what you should have been paying. Story says California lawmakers are pushing legislation that would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents because that's going to keep them around, right? even if they've already moved to another part of the country. That could affect a lot of people here in the state of Wyoming, because as you know, if you go to some place like Jackson Hole, Cody, places like that, a lot of very rich people have moved to Wyoming because we don't have a state income tax. And this is basically California saying, hold on, not so fast, we're coming after your money anyway. 
Assemblyman Alex Lee, a progressive Democrat, which is, you might think that's that's an oxymoron, but it's not. There are Democrats, but the progressive Democrats are the ones you really want to watch out for. Last week introduced a bill on California Senate legislature that would impose an extra annual tax on those worldwide net worth above a billion dollars is where it would start. But you know it would expand beyond that. As early as 2026, the story says, the threshold for being taxed would drop with those worldwide exceeding about uh, 50 million. As I said, it would drop, see? And they would eventually get it below that too. But anyway, worldwide wealth extends beyond annual income to include diverse holdings such as farm assets, arts collectibles, hedge funds, because you see, as I've mentioned, and it's funny to me when I talk about this and people actually dispute me on it. Think back for just a little bit on Scrooge McDuck. And you remember Scrooge McDuck was supposed to be so rich that he would go to this giant vault which had all of his money in it and he would dive in and swim in the money. And if you ever read the comic book when you were a kid, Richie Rich, on their massive estate, they had all of these vaults all over the place with loads of money. It doesn't work that way. Someone who's worth a lot of money doesn't actually have the cash. That's not how that works. Someone who has a bunch of money has it invested in property and businesses and on and on and on it goes. He's worth that much money. He doesn't have that much money. The legislation is a modified version of a wealth tax approved uh, in the California Assembly in 2020, which the Democrat-led state declined to pass at the time. Current version just introduced includes a measure that would allow California to impose wealth taxes on residents even years after they've left the state and moved somewhere else. Now, I wonder, I, I don't know, I'd have to see how they're planning to do this, but if somebody, let's say you lived in California and you made some good money, and you decided, forget this, California is just too expensive. I'm leaving. And so you packed up everything and moved all of your, not just yourself, but all of your assets out of California to some other state. Now, years later, California says, we're coming after you. How exactly do they do that? That's what I want to know. I'm not asking that as if there is no answer. I want to know. How exactly do they come after you when you're living somewhere else completely different? Okay, well... Exit taxes aren't new in California. They call that an exit tax. The bill also includes provisions to create contractual claims tied to assets of a wealthy taxpayer who doesn't have the cash to pay. That's what I mean by people that have that much money don't have the cash. It's in stuff. Their annual wealth uh, tax bill, they don't have the money to pay because most of their assets aren't easily turned back into cash. This claim would require the taxpayer to make annual filings with the California Franchise Tax Board and eventually pay the wealth tax owed even if they've moved to another state. Again, hearing this, people in Jackson Hole, Wyoming are going, what? California was one of several blue states last week to unveil bills to impose new wealth tax. The other states were Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, and Washington. So it's not just California trying to do this. Each state's proposal contained a different tax approach, but they all centered around the same basic idea. 
Now, this comes, think about everybody that I just named here. These are all places, all states, California, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, and New York, and Washington, where they have raised taxes so much that people finally just said, between their personal lives and their business, well, just screw this, and they just packed up and left. They are running the rich out. The rich are going somewhere else and taking their businesses with them, which is hurting those states. Those The liberals in those states had this idea, well, we can just go ahead and tax these people and they're just gonna put up with it. No, they're not. They're gonna leave. So now what do you do? Well, you try to go after them where they are, right? So this uh, guy in California, his office didn't respond for questions about the story that I'm reading from right here. Uh, but, uh, quote, the working class have shouldered the burden of tax for too long, this California representative wrote. The ultra-rich are paying little to nothing by hoarding their wealth through assets. Time to end that. So according to Lee, the, ca the tax would be collected of California households to generate an annual $21.6 billion in state revenues, which would go to the state's general fund. California is among the highest taxed of any state, according to the story. Uh, advocates argue the money could boost, and, and right away they have to say, well, it's for the schools and housing and social programs. And also California's massive budget deficit as well. They want to pay that down. So, you know, if they were to get this money, if they were actually to get this money, you know it would not go for any of that. They would just find a way to spend all of that. Mark is uh, on a godforsaken hill just out of Casper. He writes, that's an ex post facto tax zone. Well, that's true. Ninety-seven Woods, or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM ten thirty K two Radio. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So when I picture the all new Secretary of State's office for the state of Wyoming, I picture Chuck Gray in a big leather chair with his feet up on a desk, smoking a cigar. Now I know you're not doing that, Chuck, but that's how I like to picture you in your new office. Okay. <laughs> Glenn, yes. I'm sitting here. I'm in. I'm in. Sitting here, and great to be with you. Okay, it's great to have you on the program, so people can finally hear from you. I've been watching you on video, attending various different committee meetings here. So let's talk real quick, though. I know there's several bills, several things in the works when it comes to Wyoming voter integrity, which, to be clear, that's what you're just trying to ensure. I don't see you trying to change voting in Wyoming. Just correct the mistakes that other states have made, or am I wrong about that? Well, exactly, Glenn. And, and this narrative from the mainstream media, which I don't put you in, Glenn, which you should appreciate because the Red yeah. Star Tribune and the Tribune Eagle, I mean, every time they try to get their little shots in without checking the facts and checking them even twice. Meanwhile, they're the ones trying to change our voting system, this ranked choice voting bill that came before the Corporations Committee that we were able to defeat. We worked really diligently on that, and we're able to defeat that in committee last week, a big win. 
uh, for the state of Wyoming. And in the meantime, we brought forward an election integrity vision and released that. And we have bills that, that are bringing about that vision that we want to help shepherd through the legislature. So banning crossover voting. It's really time for us to, to get a control on this, Glenn. It's been a long time coming. But I feel the same way as it seems like it was almost like 2021 when voter ID got through. Like, I feel like it's going to happen this year. A lot of the, okay. the groups that used to oppose it are starting to realize that the time has come for this. And I, I think we have a good shot of, of getting a bill through the legislature. And we also need to ban ballot harvesting. I mean, that's that's should should be basic. Right. And yet the media seems to have some issue with these basic improvements to our to our system. Let's talk about how you would do some of these things. So the crossover voting, uh, if somebody wants to switch parties, of course they can. But how do you make sure they're not just crossing over? How would you actually get that done? What does the bill look like? Well, there's a there's a lockout date where that can no longer be done before the primary. And, and there's always a debate on on what the date should be. I like May 1st, so it's before the filing deadline really even starts. May 15th is also kicked around a lot, which is the, the day usually when the right around when the filing starts in the election year. And then also you, you hear a lot June 1st, which is the date right around when filing ends. How do you specifically stop ballot harvesting? What's the plan? Well, there's there's a couple bills out there that say, look, you can't, you can't collect these ballots for other individuals. And we've seen this problem in other states. Uh, and 2,000 Mules really gets into that. And, of course, the media attacked us for that, for, for trying to get the word out about what we've seen in other states and what we don't want to happen in Wyoming. And that sort of vision where, where we're saying we're going we're gonna to improve our system, I think, was, was why we crossed the finish line and were successful last August and, and November. Now, why are you but doing there's a couple this? bills on that ballot yeah. harvesting issue and then also improvements on voter ID, right. Glenn, because worked really hard to get that through. And there were a couple little things here and there. I think that student ID uh, needs to be removed from the list of acceptable identification. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't quite cut it in terms of the vigor with, you know, you look at the list of acceptable identifications and that doesn't quite, quite hit the level that the others do. And then the other reform we're looking at there is is there was this loophole that was exploited where people who requested absentee ballots were able to not show their ID, which, which was not the intent of the legislation if you request an absentee ballot in person. Any in-person voting, uh, we, we, we wanted to be very clear in that, in that statute that the, the voter ID would be required. While you're trying to do all of this, there's the occasional attempt to strip you of your power the same way they tried with Cindy Hill. Yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate, Glenn. And, and every time there's a conservative that gets elected to statewide office at the state level in the last decade, they've tried this. Uh, they tried it with uh, Cindy Hill, and it was overruled by the Supreme Court in a very important 3-2 decision. They tried it with Kurt Meyer, and I appreciate the governor for vetoing that effort. And now they're trying it with me, and it's just the same old, same old uh, shtick. And, of course, the media will try to say that 
that we're nasty, but really it's the other side on these issues that's petty and it's really petty behavior, Glenn. It's 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 unfortunate. Okay, now with the few minutes I have remaining here, so you also wanted to talk about property taxes. So explain how the Secretary of State's office plays into property taxes and what kind of changes you would like to see. Well, this is the big week on property tax in the legislature and you know, Glenn, I came on your show a lot on this. I, I've been involved in this issue for quite a while. We really started seeing in Atrona County problems in 2019 and 2020. And we brought a cap bill in 2021. And unfortunately, that, that bill was defeated in committee. And they said, well, this is just a Natrona and Teton problem, was what they said. And then, of course, 2021 happened. And uh, we, we saw this coming where the whole state has just had enormous problems in property tax, individuals on fixed income, not able to afford their property tax. And it's really inconsistent with our values. So this week, the House and Senate Revenue Committees, I had asked to be on the Revenue Committee the last two years before running for the executive branch here, uh, are, are hearing a number of bills on property tax that are important. And there's a ton that have been filed. So I think it's important to get the word out to kind of what are what are the key principles that we need to get through? Because there's about 20, 25 bills floating on property tax right now. And if, if we don't prioritize, I'm a little worried they're all going to fail. So for one, I, I think the, the medium-term fixed is this home, homeowner's exemption, which would exempt a portion of the assessment. There's one draft that's floating that, that has a $50,000 exemption, and there's another that has 100000 and that is clearly constitutional. So we don't have to worry about uh, getting sued on the back end and then, then throwing it out where it would never go into it become effective. And then the long-term solution is we need to get a very good constitutional amendment that will provide tools for the legislature in 2025 if it passes in 2024 in the next general election. And to me, the cap is key. I've always been a big believer in the cap, and we have two con there's con two constitutional amendments floating, one from the Revenue Committee, because we worked really hard to get that language in in our last Revenue Committee meeting, both on the House side that, uh, that clearly allow for caps, because the way the other side on this issue has been able to defeat these bills in the past is by saying they're not constitutional. And while I believe they are, and it, there there is a strong argument to be made, it, it would be a lot better if it were clear. So if we get that language allowing for caps in one of these constitutional amendment bills that is floating, that I think is the long-term solution. Uh, and, and also studying that the acquisition value system that I think would stop these enormous increase in assessments. So we've got to get a handle on it, Glenn. Right. Well, one of the things I would suggest also, whatever process you pick, whatever passes through, simplify the process because assessing people's property right now is so complicated and convoluted. Not even the assessors in many cases understand the process. So simplifying it would be, I, I think, part of the way to go. Uh, do me a favor at some point to kick back in your chair, put your feet on your desk, have someone take a picture of that and send it to me, wait. All right, okay. Glenn. I'll appreciate coming on. <laughs> All right, let's, thank let's you. Let's do Ch this again soon, okay? We well, yes. The, it's always, the line's always open to you. Anytime you want to talk to the audience, right. just give Ms. Mary a call. Coming up on News Time, that was your Wyoming Secretary of State, Chuck Gray. We've got local news coming your way. Hello, Blue Eyes and Douglas. Yeah, I think Medicare cards should be illegal because there's no... Oh, I see. I'll, I'll answer that and also... 
DJ and Gillette. Morning, DJ. Local news, weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. You do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Six the time it's wake up Wyoming. Now, if you ever tune in and go, oh, I missed that interview with our Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Ray. Well, actually, no, you didn't. Now, this is where. And just give me a second to do this, and we'll get on to the next story. I'm constantly talking to people who are not either understanding, or I don't know if they're just a little technophobes, you know, phobic about technology. Whatever the case is. You have one of today's modern cell phones? Okay. Then you have the radio show in your pocket and the website and news, sports, weather, weather alerts, I mean, traffic conditions, et cetera, et cetera. It's all there. It's Wake Up Wyoming app, download it. When this program is over, it becomes a podcast. And we get rid of news and most commercials to condense it for you. So all you have to do is touch the Wake Up Wyoming app, touch on demand, touch today's show, and you can go back and listen. I missed that. No, you didn't. It's waiting for you, and we don't charge you a thing. And you can back it up, and you can listen to something again or pause it, whatever you want to do. That's all free to you on your Wake Up Wyoming app. So use that anytime you want if you miss something and you want to go back and catch up. All right, <clears throat> real quick. Teton County, his, you did it, didn't you? I, when I say something like Teton County, oh, God, what now with Teton County? Teton County bought 1,000 certified bear-resistant garbage cans, but then a grizzly bear destroyed one. So, I would, do they get their money back? More. This is from Cowboy State Daily. More than 1,000 garbage cans touted as bear-resistant were distributed across Teton County. It turned out to be not bear-resistant after all, despite a county ordinance stating that the garbage containers must be meeting the standards. You have to use these garbage cans. Even so, that uh, didn't undermine efforts, the story said, to mitigate conflicts between people and bears. Okay, so uh, here's a quote from someone from the Wyoming Game and Fish. From my perspective, the shift toward bear-resistant infrastructure is being done in a common-sense approach, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they tore the bear tore apart the garbage can. 95-gallon model, not so bear-resistant, the receptacles were initially deemed as bear-resistant by the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee. Really? Okay, there's a committee like that. A multi-state grizzly conservation co cooperative. All right. However, that model later failed the live test when an actually actual grizzly bear that's kept in an enclosure was given the garbage can with something really smelly inside. And it's just hysterical to watch the bear just rip that sucker apart. Our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, legislative update. Wake up, Wyoming. Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, uh, Don, I was looking at the forecast and listening to your forecast on your uh, Cowboy State Daily podcast, and I want to know what agency do I send my complaint into for next week's temperatures? 
<laughs> uh, starts with a G, ends with a D. Okay. <laughs> with one letter in between. Okay. <laughs> yeah, be, because if you think, though, the temperatures are cold now, just wait till next week. Yeah, it's pretty darn chilly, and it's going to stay chilly, but the air is just going to get colder and colder uh, as we go into the weekend and into early next week. There's a, a lot of cold air up in the northern latitudes. If we rewind and just kind of understand what's happened, going back to that Arctic wave we had in December. So middle of December, we had that big Arctic blast. We had 42 below in Casper. We saw temperatures drop 50 degrees in like an hour. And then we went through that cold and snow. And then we went into that pattern where the Pacific was battered by storms. And then we got some of that moisture, but it really wasn't that cold. Well, during that whole time frame that the Pacific was banging into California and pushing Pacific air into the region, and we were cut off from the Arctic air, guess what the Arctic air did? It decided to reload, basically. And so basically the Arctic has been reloading with a very cold air over into Siberia, Asia, Greenland, those areas. And so now we're seeing a pattern evolve that's going to allow, open the door, so to speak, to that Arctic air to come back in the lower 48 again. Um, and if you look at the last two winters, which have been La Nina winters, and even though La Nina is weakening rapidly, it's still there, uh, we have had the bigger cold outbreaks in the month of February. Um, and that's really what's transpiring. The, as we get into this weekend, next week, the first few days of February, very cold air is going to settle into the Rockies and High Plains and, and slowly spreads out and east across the rest of the country. So it's all going to be about the cold to start February. When it does come in, now last time we had a really big drop and serious cold, I sent you a note and I pointed out that where I'm living, the temperature had dropped from like, you know, just above freezing all the way down to minus 15 in like half hour. Does it do that or does it ease in? It's going to do more of an easing in, okay. which is good because to have it, we you know we call that a flash freeze. That mm -hmm. basically what happened with that last one. This is going to be a little more subtle. Uh, it's kind of like the frog in the boiling water. Uh, it's going to slowly move in and just get colder and colder. And you're going to notice that this weekend. Uh, during the course of the day, Saturday, it just gets colder and colder. And by Sunday morning, Many areas will be below zero, and then it just gradually continues to get colder into Monday and Tuesday. Okay, so real quick, snow, wind, livestock interest. Yeah, stock growers need to prepare for uh, a, a long period of where it's going to be pretty cold. And we're going to get some snow as well. Is it going to be real deep? No, but there's already in many areas, especially central parts of Wyoming, a lot of snow on the ground already. So, um you know, the, the feed supplies, hay supplies have been used a lot this winter. And so that's going to be a situation here where um, a lot of feed's going to be used and, and livestock interests uh, just need to be prepared for. Uh, I don't necessarily see a blizzard or anything like that, but just a prolonged period of cold and, you know, keeping the, the ice off the water tanks, doing all of those things. You know, it's just a lot of extra work. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day from Dayweather. Well, just be ready for that as we get into next week those temperatures again really drop and stay that way for a while so the ice box will be outside frank and your studio is going to be the warm place to be for once yeah it's about time you might have to actually step out well never mind you're going to be cold no matter where yeah, you, are. For, you okay. know forget i was saying we'll, we'll, you know what we'll we'll 
make it. Or yeah. we, there's only two things. We'll yeah. make it or we won't. Okay. Well, here's one that you're just going to love this. I'm just doing this to delight your day. Okay. Cowboy State Daily Story here. Uh, Cheyenne homeowners watch and laugh. Thieves had robbed a house. They get into their vehicle to go driving off and get stuck in the snow. Okay. <laughs> Were they caught by the, <laughs> yeah. the police? Yes. Yeah. But here they are trying to push their vehicle out and the neighbors just come out. They've already called the cops. And uh, they just come out and stand there and laugh as these guys are trying to make a break for it, and they're just caught in the snow of the neighborhood. So um, that just makes me feel good. Is that karma, do you think? I think so. I mean, and there may be some parts of the country those homeowners yeah. would have come out there. Yeah. And they wouldn't be smiling. Oh, oh no. No, in fact. And they may be armed they're and say, very, if yes. you don't run, yeah. we're going to shoot you. Yeah, they're very lucky. They are in the state of Wyoming where pretty much every household has its own security you know, system. Ar- yeah. Armory, I yeah. was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, people say, what do you do to my car? Yeah, right. Like, what do you do, yeah, what do, you do to my house? Yeah, that's right. Get exactly, it. yeah. But to try to make a getaway, you know, I guess maybe... <laughs> I saw the picture. I mean, I mean, they yeah. were really bottomed out bad. I guess maybe that trying to rob and get away in the state of Wyoming is a seasonal occupation. Well, you would think, you know, yeah. because you think these... Well, whoever said that these people are... Road scholars. No, they're not. No. In fact, if you were to go break into someone's place in the wintertime, there's a lot of snow. Don't you leave your prints behind? Yeah, exactly. Your shoe size. So I would say it's a seasonal occupation when it starts to snow in Wyoming. Head down south. Do your business down there. We'll shoot you next year, okay? Yeah, yeah. Maybe take take the winter off. How about that? Men's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowboys on the road tonight at UNLV. The folks are coming off a 58-57 win over Colorado State on Saturday for their first Mountain West Conference victory of the year. So they're 1-6 and six in league play. 6-13 and 13 overall. UNLV has struggled too. They're one and six in league play, but twelve and seven overall. And Wyoming, uh, over the past few years, has found it really tough to win at UNLV. So we'll see what happens tonight. And as a nine p.m. start this evening from the Thomas and Mack Center, we'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Boys high school basketball from Friday night: Cody over Kelly Wallace, fifty-one to forty-seven. The Toronto lost to Thunder Basin, fifty to thirty-seven. Cheyenne East to win over Cheyenne South, eighty-eight forty. Cheyenne Central defeated Laramie, sixty-one fifty-six. Buffalo beat Glenrock seven. 73 to 44 and Lusk over Burns 69 to 62. And boys play on Saturday. Campbell County over in the Trona 56-52. Riverton heads Kelly Wall 60 to 55. Glenrock over Moorcroft 56-51. In the boys team standings at this point in the season, Cheyenne East is 11 and 2. Cheyenne Central 12 and 2. Laramie 8 and 6. The Trona 5 and 7. Kelly Walls 4 and 7. South 4 and 9. Glenrock 5 and 4 and Burns 4 and 12. And girls high school basketball from Friday. Cody over Kelly Wall 70 to 25. The Trona lost to Thunder Basin. 60 to 47. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South, 59-26. Laramie got by Central, 57 to 55. Buffalo defeated Glenrock, 64-42. Lusk over Burns, 44-40. On Saturday, Riverton losing to Kelly Walls, 51 to 28. Campbell County over Natrona, 72-49. And Moorcroft beat Glenrock, 45-42. In the girls' standings as of right now, Laramie is 13 and 1. Cheyenne East is 11 and 1. Cheyenne Central, 9 and 3. Natrona, 7 and 6. Kelly Walls, 2 and 9. South, 1 and 11. 
Burns 7-9, and Glenrock 4-4. Four four. In high school wrestling, the Casper schools competed in the Warcroft tournament over the weekend. The tournament took third with two individual champions, Caden Orr at 113 and Noah Sides at 195. Kelly Walsh was fifth in that Warcroft tournament, and Glenrock was 12th. In high school distance running, Sydney Morrell from Science Central has signed on with Iowa State in the Big 12 Conference. Morrell is the defending 4A state champion in the 3,200 meters in track and field and the defending 4A state champion in cross country. Yesterday, Morrell was named the Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year in the state of Wyoming. That's it in sports. Former Denver Bronco defensive lineman Derek Wolf. Who's cracked. been in Casper before. Oh, for, yeah? For, uh, I believe he was here for um, uh, Joe Expo. Oh, okay. So he shot this enormous oh, yeah. cat. Tracked a uh, and killed a 200-pound, 8.5-foot mountain lion that was terrorizing the Colorado community with nothing but a bow and arrow. Good for him. That is what I call a real man. They used to have a um, uh, bow hunt over by in Glenrock. Yeah. And they went out there, and it was crazy. I mean, those guys oh, wow. were perfect with this stuff. Oh, in fact, if you go to Glenrock, just a little north of there, there's a group that meets for shooting old uh, musket-style guns mm-hmm. and, you know, black powder and stuff. They invited me out to go shooting with them, which was loads of fun because I got to learn how to load those old things and shoot them for real. Say you saw that big cat around there. Would, uh-huh. would you all run? Uh, probably, because those, probably because those guns are not accurate. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, all right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we got to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local Update on your weather forecast and open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. I chose... Six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. We've now rolled into the open phone segment. Now, just so you know, some talk, most talk show hosts, in fact, wait for Friday, and then they do open phones Friday, and that's a big thing with talk show hosts. Don't know who started it, but everybody seems to be stuck on it. I always give you open phones every day. At some point, you're going to get open phones. Friday, it's the entire program, so you can vent before the weekend. But you're always going to get it with a warning. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. And while I'm at it, there's also people who communicate with me over the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just download that at your app store, Wake Up Wyoming. And that's people all across the region. This show's on several radio stations, but you can also just listen off your phone, like it's a radio. And with the phone, you can listen to the program later. 
it becomes a podcast. <clears throat> but we've got people, Grandpa Rich is in Thermopolis, Jones is in Gillette, my sister is in Lake Wales, Florida, Kathleen and Casper, Blue Eyes and Douglas, DJ's also in Gillette, Bunny's in Cheyenne, Rihanna's Fort Danger, Mike is from Leeds, South Dakota, Mark is from God, some godforsaken hill just outside of Casper, also Dave and Casper. I am right in Evansville and uh, Jim also. And we got people from all over down in Colorado, Laramie way out, way out west and east of the program in other states, too. So, all right, some of the stories, I'm going to go through some real quick ones for you here, okay? Sort of the shotgun approach. For those who missed it earlier this morning, I'm just going to toss this out instead of going through the whole thing. I don't mind anyone, I won't criticize anyone wants to live a certain lifestyle that is your business. I'm more of the libertarian guy. I'm not going to bother you with it. I only get bothered when people start to get in my face about I have to play along no matter what. And so there's some uh, transsexual group that actually wants to ban an Aretha Franklin song. They say that's offensive to people who are not natural women. Uh, then again, I agree with Miss Mary that there's a lot of people who consider themselves trans who love that song. Answer, don't go down that road, whatever your cause is. You're making yourself ridiculous and you're destroying your own cause. But yeah, there's actually some group that wants to take that song off the radio. All right. Then there's this. Now, I want to be careful as I read this story to you because there's also, as you know, there's always bias in the news media. And so in this case, I'm going to pick on Wyoming Public Radio because they do show a lot of bias. Now, to be clear, my opinion of Wyoming Public Radio is they do a fantastic job as far as production skills. I've always been impressed with their production skills, the kinds of stories they pick up, the way they present them. They're, they're great broadcasters. But when they do present a story, there's always a one-sided point of view to it. And I would prefer that they, if since they say they're not biased, then be that. But if you're going to be biased, be that. Like with this program, for example, I flat out tell you that I express my opinion to get the conversation started. And then you're allowed to call in and agree or disagree with me, and we'll have that conversation. Okay? I, I don't cancel people unless you're being a jerk, <clears throat> Dave. So when it comes to Wyoming public media, they're like Wyoming, well, they're like national public radio and television. There's always that bias. So whenever they're talking about, you know, for example, wind and solar and electric cars, it's always green, carbon neutral, as if the idea that CO2 is causing catastrophic climate change is just settled and there's no discussion on it. They agree with Al Gore on that. So they never offer the other point of view. And the same thing goes on so many other topics like this one. There's a bill that was brought through Florida and passed and signed by the governor, which the media labeled the, and some some activists labeled it this way and the media picked up on it, the don't say gay bill. Now, if you look at the actual bill that passed through Florida, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with don't say gay. That's what they labeled it. What the bill is about is 
when parents raise their kids, they raise their kids with their own values. Whatever those values are, you may agree with some parents and disagree with others, whatever. Parents do not want to send their kids to school and have teachers teaching some alternative values to their kids that they disagree with. Okay? Then the kids come home all messed up, according to the parents, in their opinion. It's their kids, by the way. So the answer is, when the kid goes to public school, you teach them reading and writing and arithmetic and skills like that, and let the other kind of lessons be taught by the parents. If the parents are liberal, so be it. If they're conservative, so be it. If they're religious in nature, or for that matter, if they're atheists, so be it. That's up to the parents to decide. It's their kids. So the Wyoming public media headline is Wyoming's version of Don't Say Gay advances onto the floor. And the first thing that I looked at there was, oh, so you at Wyoming public media are going to go with the bias headline. Because again, that has that title was given by an activist group that was against the Florida bill. And it has nothing to do with that. There is no don't say gay thing. It doesn't exist. All right. So the story reads from Wyoming Public Media, a bill working its way through the Wyoming Senate could forbid teachers from discussing sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom. That's more like it. Opponents say it stifles free uh, speech and puts uh, queer kids at risk. Okay, well, I would disagree with the opponents on that. It doesn't, no, it's a matter of when kids show up to public school, they're learning reading and writing and arithmetic and base, you know, things like that. And whatever the opinion is of the teacher, it's just the teacher is to stay out of these discussions. That's for the parents to talk to their kids about. If you want to look this up, it's Senate File 117. Prohibit schools from teaching kindergarten through third grade students about sexual orientation and gender identity. Because, you see, there's parents out there who will say that the uh, that gender identity, well, it, it's nonsense. They'll say to you, a gender is decided at conception, and that's what they teach their kids. In fact, most parents teach their kids that. For those people who teach their kids something else, that's up to them. It's not up to the teacher to do at school. The teachers to stay out of that discussion, according to this bill and the one that was passed in Florida. Uh, several education officials and the LGBTQ rights activists say it might prohibit teachers from supporting or even prohibit students from talking about themselves and their own families. It doesn't do that. The bill closely resembles the famed don't say gay bill passed in Florida. Now again, to Wyoming public media, that's not the name of the Florida bill. A bunch of activists named it that because they were opposed to it. And so they were trying to give it a new name and title and the media caught on to it and used it. It's propaganda. According to research, trans youth, the story says, are at much greater risk of depression, suicide, and so on. Laramie County, a teenager. And this is where Wyoming Public Media continues on to the story. But again, at this point, they are no longer taking a fair and balanced approach to the story. So my message to Wyoming Public Media is, if you are saying that you're a non-biased news organization, Report this then in a non-biased way. I've said the same thing to MSNBC. Hey, MSNBC, if you are going to be a liberal biased news station, then just say that that's who you are. 
don't say that you're non-biased and then you're biased. I say the same thing to Fox News and CNN and New York Times. Okay. So don't make the claim that you're not taking sides here and then clearly in this article, you take sides. 816, Wake Up Wyoming. Good morning, Travel Network. I'm Wake Up Wyoming with Len Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888 woods the phone number. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. Wyoming State Senator Anthony Bouchard introduced a bill that would ban sex change surgeries in Wyoming at a certain age. This is Cowboy State Daily. A proposed Wyoming law surfaced Friday that would forbid insurers from covering sex change treatments for children and ban doctors from performing them. Again, we're talking a certain age here. Sponsored by Anthony Bouchard, if you want to look it up, Senate File 144, uh, and it's named after an activist, uh, Joel Cole, I think is how you pronounce it. Cole is a girl who started taking cross-sex hormones at age 13, and her breasts were removed when she was 15 in an effort to transition to a boy. Now 18... And she reverted back to being a woman, voicing deep regret for the surgery that she was talked into when she was 13 years old. So Senate File 144 specifically targets doctors making their license revocable if they administer sex change treatments, including surgeries, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers to minors. This is a quote from the story. Bouchard said the focus on doctor reflects one of Cole's main concerns, that the medical community fast-tracked her into transforming gender surgery, despite also she had autism and ADHD at the time. In other words, this Cole is saying, I had no idea what I was doing at that age, and I was really confused. Quote, if you take this case and a lot of other cases like hers, whether it was a school or a doctor, they convinced the patients that it had to be done, Bouchard said. And she doesn't want to make criminals out of parents, but Bouchard said the bill hones in on medical conduct uh, standards to address what he sees as a decline in the industry. Still, Bouchard said he supports a, uh, and will vote yes on another Wyoming bill prohibiting sex change treatments. This is Senate File 111 which would make administering or performing such treatments a felony charge in Wyoming. They would call it child abuse. Bouchard said he believes the bill, uh, the bills can work together. In other words, you can merge them, House and Senate bill. Bouchard said the law does not regulate adults who wish only to transition to, but only children. In other words, if you're a minor, you're young, you don't know what's going on yet. No, but you can make that decision when you're an adult. He discussed, uh, he discussed a group of 11 long-term studies on gender dysphoric children, which together include 60 and 90% gender dysphoric um, uh, by puberty and allowed to mature. With the studies show this, that there are people who are confused about their gender when they're young, but if you let them mature, they're no longer confused about it. That's essentially what it says. Uh, he said, teenagers often are led by temporary feelings and shouldn't be allowed to alter their bodies permanently because of temporary feelings. 
Now, when Bouchard announced the introduction to this law on Twitter, he received both praise and backlash. Uh, Cole, the person in question here, responded to Bouchard's t- uh, tweet, Thank you, Senator. I will support this bill in any way I can. Wyoming needs to be a state which children can thrive without experiencing the horrors I have. Laramie-based uh, writer Jeff Victor countered by saying he does not want to undermine Cole's struggles, but that she is an extreme outlier and not a representative of trans kids. Okay, so this is what now we'll see where this goes once again with so many other bills in the state of Wyoming. Um, here's another, the last part of the story from Cowboy State Daily. In speaking with Cowboy State Daily, Bouchard countered saying the suicide argument uh, with kids. There are those who would say that if you don't let these kids do this, then the suicide rate is very high. He said they're using the scare tactic, and that's what people have done to some of these parents is try to scare them. He said we don't have, didn't have this problem years ago. This is rather rather a new big picture event. Let's just scare everybody to death, is what he says. So okay, if you want to read the two bills now in the Senate, th- these two bills are very similar and brought up by different people, but they're very similar. In the Senate, it's Senate File One Four Four. In the House, I'm sorry, it's another Senate bill. In the Senate, it's also Senate File One One One. So they're both Senate bills. And they can be viewed and discussed, and then we'll see how far they get in the state of Wyoming. But again, the idea is under a certain age, you just, they're considering kids too young to make these decisions because, well, they're kids and they're not at a place in life where they can make good decisions, is what they're trying to say for this bill. So. Wait till the kids get older, says Bouchard, and when kids get to a certain age, a lot of the things they were confused about earlier, they're not so confused about later, and they can go ahead and make a decision. If, as after a certain age, they still want to do this, go ahead. You're an adult now. You can go ahead and make your decision. All right. This is not the only state where such a bill has been offered. And I haven't heard about anything on the federal level as far as a bill like this. But there are several states out there that have offered, I think Florida might be one of them, but there's several states out there that have offered up bills like this. So it's interesting to see not just does this get through Wyoming legislative session because the bill is up being discussed right now, but does this get through any of the other states as well? And then afterwards, would you have court challenges to this? Because if you think about it, if somebody wanted to sue over this, they would have to be brought by the kids or the kids' parents. And what if a uh, if the parents want to sign off as we're the parents or legal guardians, we're okay with this. Now, we get to speak for the kid and make the decision. The kid is a minor. The kid can't make his own decision yet. That's the case in so many, not just this issue, but so many issues. We don't let kids make decisions at an early age because they're not at a stage where they're making good decisions yet. Hopefully that happens later. Hopefully as they become adults, they get better at making decisions. 
if you know a lot of adults like I do, you know that's not always the case. I know plenty of adults that don't make good decisions. But the hope is that you're an adult now. Hopefully, you're mature enough to make a proper decision regarding what you want to do with your life. And we're talking about something that, like with this uh, young lady, Cole, once all of this was done, uh, reverting back was very difficult. I mean, extremely difficult because a lot of things were surgically changed that are near impossible, if maybe just completely impossible, to change back. What if they have regrets later? All right, so those are the bills in the Senate moving through. 888-97 Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it with open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. case of measles wake up wyoming with glenn woods live on am 1030 and the wake up wyoming mobile app time is 8 36 it's wake up wyoming all right triple eight ninety seven with the phone number eight 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 ninety seven w o o d s okay and pause the music we'll stop it here <clears throat> you're gonna hate this i'm just telling you up front you're gonna hate this I-80 toll road bill filed in Wyoming legislature. Now, I don't know anything about the story. It just popped up. Our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, just wrote this up and posted it. This has been discussed for quite a while. How do we pay for Wyoming's main roads, big roads, long roads? How do we pay for all of this? It really, that can put us in a tight spot at times. And the suggestion has been, we'll make I-80 a toll road. Well, okay, here's what just happened. A bill could eventually lead to making Interstate 80 in Wyoming a toll road. Once again, has been filed Wyoming legislature. This is not the first time someone suggested this. Senate file 160. Now, if you go to the Wake Up Wyoming site, I know Miss Mary will eventually alert this story out. It comes with a link so you can read the legislation. Sponsored by Senator Kale Case. There he is again, Republican Fremont County. Case sponsored a similar bill in 2001, which passed the Wyoming Senate in a 16 to 13 vote. Can you believe it got that far? Was not approved in the Wyoming House. Another such bill went down to defeat in 2020. The vote there was 18 to 11. See, I'm, I'm really just one of those things that I am so surprised. Really, we're doing this in Wyoming? Because we're constantly told Wyoming is such a conservative state, and there's some things that pop up, and I go, really? Medicaid expansion is actually being discussed in this state? We're supposed to be a conservative state. The answer would be just no, for obvious reasons. But all right. Even if the bill, it says, were to become law, a number of questions or basic concepts behind the proposal would remain. Not least is whether the federal government could allow Wyoming to impose tolls on a national interstate. That's always been one of my big questions. Okay, so you passed it. How can the state put up toll roads on an international or international, well, national interstate? Well, you know, it gets confusing sometimes. My sister will tell you. In Florida, there's interstate 
four. It goes from Tampa to Daytona. It's an interstate, but it goes from Tampa to, but it doesn't go interstate. I know it's a federal highway, but it's not It's not an interstate because it only is in the state. But all right, anyway, Senate File 160 creates a state tolling program and a commission to oversee the program. It does not set a specific toll and a physical note attached to the bill by the Legislative Service Office that says the agency has not yet had time to analyze the impact physically of this. The bill was filed Monday, January 23rd, so yesterday. The idea of making I-80 toll road not new, Doug writes. In fact, it has been under discussion since 2010 when the state conducted a study of the concept. You know what I think about all sorts of stupid studies. Drives me absolutely bad, but okay. Supporters generally have argued that it would be an important fundraising measure to keep the interest in the interstate in good condition. They also say that much of the money raised would be paid by non-residents who comprise a large portion of the traffic on the interstate. But opponents say it would present a hardship to Wyoming residents and might discourage truckers from using the interstate in favor of highways that would not be told. Go round it, in other words. That, in turn, could have an economic impact on businesses, such as truck stops along the interstate. But toll road supporters argue that the impact to commercial truck traffic would be minimal. I guess that depends on whatever you set the toll at. So we'll see if this thing goes anywhere this time. I, it's one of those that I look at and think, oh, they keep offering it up. It ought to go down to defeat. And yet, a couple of times in the Senate, it was kind of close, which, again, that's kind of thing surprises me, which goes also with, um, again, Medicaid expansion. When you take a look at what Medicaid expansion is and the damage it's done to states all across America, not just surrounding states, you would think that every time it gets offered, it would. Well, you would think it would never get offered up in Wyoming unless it was by one of the few Democrats. And when it does get offered up, it would just immediately be killed on the spot. And yet every single year, it gets kind of close. Year after year, Medicaid expansion keeps getting close to being passed. And yet for some, you know, and it always dies, which I'm happy to see. But they come back and just try it again, try it again, try it again. All right. We'll see how far these two go this time around. I'm thinking the toll road dies again, but we'll see. All right, next story up. Now, I did talk to you guys yesterday about wild horses in Wyoming and how the Mustang population gets out of control at times. Love the wild horses out here, but the Mustang population gets out of control. And there's all sorts of different solutions to solving that problem, right? Again, Cowboy State Daily, Belgian chef said he would love to serve Wyoming wild horses if they were available. One thing we don't often see here in America is horse on the menu. If you leave the country, it's actually not all that uncommon. But here in America, we don't have horse on the menu. In fact, if it's ever offered up, and first time I ever talked about this topic, there were people calling the program just horrified. Horse? On the menu? Who would do such a thing? Well, again, leave the United States and you find out quite a few countries do it. 
In Belgium, horse meat, the story says, has long been a staple with the town's large working-class families, says a chef who serves dishes made from horse. He says, quote, on the whole, it's always been a bit of a controversy, the consumption of horse meat. Uh, people frequently view the horse as sort of a pet. If American horse slaughterhouses are reopened and some Wyoming Mustangs are sent to slaughter, he said he would be serving that in his kitchen. He likes the idea of people showing up to eat at his restaurant, and he can say that horse meat was a wild horse from Wyoming. There's an appeal to that. He has served horse for... Uh, Oh, that, oh, wow, that restaurant's been around a long time. That restaurant in Belgium has been around for 164 years. It's been in his family, that chef's family, for 61 years. He says, my oldest son and my partner will carry on the business after I retire, adding that horse is likely just to remain on the menu. Been on there for that long. He's aware of the controversy over Wyoming Mustangs including the argument over whether some of the animals should be sent to the slaughterhouse. But if meat from Wyoming Mustangs ever came available, again, there's, he thinks, an appeal that he can turn to his customers and say, free-range, wild Mustang from Wyoming, right there, have a steak on the menu. Uh, the story also says the debate over Mustang management and possible horse slaughter is heating up again, and it is. Horse Lord of the United States shut down 2007. House Joint Resolution 3 now being considered by the Wyoming legislator calls for Congress to reopen American slaughterhouses. Proponents of the resolution say that they could help manage the overabundance of Mustangs, and we don't need to gather them up and send them to the slaughterhouse. 8.45 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best thing morning radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 848's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, so uh, Frank, you've seen us do this, I suppose. When it gets really cold, like below zero, people will boil water, yeah, step yeah, outside, yeah, throw it yeah. in the air. Yeah, we've seen okay. it before. Yeah. And it's always, well, to me, it's always fun. You know, I kind of enjoy watching that. It's science. It turns to steam and some of it to snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, came yeah. across a story yesterday while watching. There's a geologist who travels around the area showing off interesting things. Okay. And he noticed that when you go to Old Faithful on those cold days, nobody's there, but you're allowed to go. Yeah, it's cool. So he's all by himself in negative temperatures, and he watches Old Faithful erupt. Now that See? would be something. Now, so it erupts, and yes, it's water at first, but the vast majority of it just turns to steam, like instantly because yeah. it's so cold. Then it starts to snow. Really? Because a lot of it, just like when you throw that cup of water into the air, a good amount of it just instant snow. Okay. And it falls to the ground. So, yeah, the, all of the steam coming out of Old Faithful turns to insta-snow and starts to just, you know, gently fall down on the guy. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> now, that would make me, if I was in the area already, though, you know, go to Old Faithful in sub-zero temperatures, especially if one, nobody else is going to be there. He shows he's the only person there. Yeah. Right. Then to stand there and watch it, and it's now snowing on me because Old Faithful erupted. See, 
those are the kind of vacations you can get away with in Yellowstone. Exactly right. You, yeah. you're, you go in, boom, boom, you leave. Yes, that's it. Waving you, the bears and the buffalo yep, the, that you yeah, never see. That's them. right. Yeah. You know, I, that that would be awesome. Actually. That would be. I would love to go do that. He also points out, since he's a geologist, so there's that. Uh, this is this is geeky, nerdy stuff. But okay, there's that magma chamber underneath. Yeah. Okay. He said most of it is crystallized. So, even though it's still hot, it is not eruptible. In other words, that is not, you're not going to suddenly have lava pouring out of what's underneath there. Mm -hmm. Most people think it's all liquid, you know, lava magma under there. He says it's actually not. It's mostly crystallized. So, you're perfectly safe standing there watching it. Having said that, that means it's going to blow up when I show up. Exactly, yeah. And then, then, then you'll end up with the bears. Yeah, as soon as the scientist says... Don't worry about it. It's perfectly safe. That's when I show up. Yeah. And first off, I'm cooked by the lava, and then the and then the bear goes, "Ooh, <laughs> somebody cooked." That's perfect. Yeah. Maybe a little bit well done, but that's okay. Men's college basketball: the Wyoming Cowboys with a roadie tonight in Las Vegas to meet UNLV. The folks are coming off a 58-57 win over Colorado State on Saturday for the first Mountain West Conference a win of the year. So they're one and six in the league play, six and thirteen overall. UNLV also one and six in the league, but twelve and seven overall. And Wyoming has found it really tough to win at the Thomas and Mack Center for the last few years. But you know we'll see tonight. That's a 9 p.m. start this evening from Vegas. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. And boys high school basketball. Ball from Friday night. Cody over Kelly Walsh, 51-47. The Trona did lose to Thunder Basin, 50-37. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South, 88-40. Cheyenne Central defeated Laramie, 61-56. Buffalo over Glenrock, 73-44. And Lusk over Burns, 69-62. And boys play on Saturday. Campbell County beating the Trona, 56-52. Riverton edged Kelly Walsh, 60-55. And Glenrock a winner over Moorcroft, 56-51. And the boys' team standings at this point in the season. Cheyenne Central is 12-2. Cheyenne and East is 11 and 2, Laramie 8 and 6, Natrona 5 and 7, Kelly Walls 4 and 7, South 4 and 9, Glenrock 5 and 4, and Burns 4 and 12. In girls high school basketball from Friday, Cody way over Kelly Walls 70 to 25, Natrona lost to Thunder Basin 60 to 47, Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South 59-26, Laramie got by Central 57-55, Buffalo over Glenrock 64-42, Lusk beat Burns 44 to 40. On Saturday, Kelly Walls over Riverton. 5128 Campbell County over NC 7249 and Moorcroft beat Glenrock 45 to 42 and the girls team standings as of right now Laramie is 13 and 1 Cheyenne East 11 and 1 Cheyenne Central 9 and 3 and the Trona 7 and 6 Kelly Walsh 2 and 9 South 1 and 11 Burns is 7 and 9 and Glenrock is 4 and 4 High school wrestling the Casper schools did compete in that Moorcroft tournament over the weekend the Trona had took third as a team with two individual champions Cade Nor at 113 and Noah Sides at 195 Kelly Walsh was fifth Moorcroft and Glenrock was 12th. In high school distance running, Sydney Morrell from Cheyenne Central is signed on with Iowa State from the Big 12 Conference. Morrell was the, is the defending 4A state champion in the 3200 meters in track and field and the defending 4A state champion in cross country. Yesterday, Morrell was named the Gatorade Cross Country of the Year in the state of Wyoming. And that's it in sports. I remember when I, when I was younger, I used to run. I quit just be, not because I was having problems with my knees or anything like that. I just worried as I got older, I would start to. Yeah. So I just thought, I'll, I'll do something else instead. One thing I noticed, though, I always had those little earbuds in so I could listen to something right. while I was running. And one day, it ran out of battery. Okay, which moment, meant what? Yeah, in the moment it ran out of battery, I stopped. <laughs> and then I thought, well, let's just keep running. 
and I just couldn't seem to make myself do it. <laughs> I got so used to having something to keep my head occupied that as soon as the batteries ran out, I guess my batteries ran out. Real, so one was connected to the other. I guess so. I had made that connection that I have to be listening to this music or something else. So if you play a ballad, you're going to run slower, but yes. if you're playing Metallica, you're going to play run run faster. I found that definitely to be true. Okay. That really is after the more high intense the music was, the faster I ran. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Then back to you and me again, some open phones. Also, Wyoming District Director of the Small Business Association at 9 o'clock hour. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me at Open Phones. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. Disclaimer first. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Grandpa Rich is in Thermopolis. Morning. Happy New Year, guys. Yeah. What you got for us? First time this year. You know, I, we keep going over this thing with the tolls, and I'm trying to figure out what happened to the federal money that they get every year from the government. Plus, you know, these guys are paying a, a road tax on the, on, a, on the fuel and stuff that they, you know, the amount of miles that they drive, they got to report that. Or well, most of it's done through that quilt pump to... Uh, you know, satellites and stuff. But I'm wondering where that money goes. You yeah. Know? I also kind of wonder when people are driving through Wyoming, you know, j just to get from one side of the state, or even on vacation for that matter, what kind of an impact does that have on all of the people who rely on the interstate for their living with hotels and gas stations and restaurants and so on? Well, you know, they do it all over the East, you know, like New yeah. Jersey on yeah. 95. But I just kind of, I mean, I drove for 10 years over the road myself is why I'm bringing it up. Plus, uh, I don't weigh in on the other thing. When you were talking about horse meat, my dad got a medical out of the Army Street horse meat that went bad during World War II. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried yak meat and other kinds of various, you know, game meat, which is really interesting. People who've tried horse tell me that it's uh, really unique and interesting, and they thoroughly enjoyed it. So if it was available somewhere, I'd try it. Well, you know, if you watch a lot of the history stuff during World War II, that's all the people were eating after, you know, they were bombed out of everything. Oh, know, sure. Yeah. And in World War One. there's plenty of times when people yeah. look toward their horse, even the horse that they had and rode. It wasn't a pet back then. It was a tool, but they would take it. Yeah. If they got hungry enough, hey, you know. I can I can see them doing the wild horses, you know what I mean? Because yeah. 
I mean, we've always had that problem. They had that problem in Colorado because I get around. When I lived down there, you know, uh, Broncos were animals and ran wild in southern Colorado. Right. Avalanches were things you stayed away from. <laughs> I yeah. forget what the other ones were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens with the horse. I know this is something that's being brought up again. Horse slaughterhouses have been opened up before and then shut down by the government. So we'll see what they yeah. do this time. Oh, yeah. All, All right, right Rich. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's from Thermopolis, Wyoming. Eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You're gonna love that. Now I told you a story earlier this morning. I said to you, you're going to hate this. This story, oh, you're gonna love this. Especially you Trump supporters out there. Some ears just perked up. Trump supporter? Yeah, you. There was an FBI agent investigating Trump for Russian ties and Russian collusion. Well, he just got arrested, that FBI agent, for Russian ties and Russian collusions. I know, right? Isn't that great? And now here's another one of those stories. As I read this, I just have to ask, what news media outlets do you think will cover this and who will ignore this? Charles McGonnell, am I pronouncing that right? Former FBI agent who led the Trump-Russia investigation has been arrested for agreeing to provide services to the billionaire Russian oligarch, uh, and I cannot pronounce his name. So the, this, a former Soviet and Russian diplomat, now an American citizen, was arrested as well. The two men were charged with trying to have uh, someone removed from the U.S. sanctions list. Both men worked together in an attempt to have sanctions removed and uh, a public servant they should as public servants the story says they should have known better charges against the men include a single count of violating international emergency economic powers act one count of conspiring to commit money laundering an additional count for money laundering itself each of these counts carries a maximum of 20 years in short, the high-ranking FBI agent sent to investigate Trump for collusion with Russia was busted for collusion with Russia. And again, I told you that would just make your day if you're a Trump supporter. If you have time to kill, the story says, you can watch MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, for example, eagerly beclown herself trying to link Trump to Russian oligarchs and so on. Two-year investigation into the Trump-Russian collusion obviously crashed and burned like the Hindenburg. All of those people who were all over that for years, and it turned out to be a giant. In fact, it was it, as a lot of you found out, it turned out that it was a Democrat thing. The people who were colluding with Russia were the Democrats, and then they tried to make it sound like Trump was doing it in order to, well, trump him up on something. The FBI, and of course, you don't hear that reported on MSNBC. They don't want to talk about it. The FBI committed to the enforcement of economic sanctions designed to protect the United States and allies, especially against hostile activities of foreign governments and its actors. FBI Assistant Director Michael Driscoll, Russian oligarch, said Russian oligarchs like these uh, perform global influence on behalf of the Kremlin and are associated with acts of bribery and extortion and violence. Well, basically today, the it's not that it's changed much from the days of the Soviet Union, but today, currently, Russia, the government, is run more like the mafia 
than actually a government. So both these also, the men also agreed uh, and did investigate rival oligarchs. They were playing one side against the other. This isn't the only time an FBI agent was busted for the same crime he was supposedly investigating. In 2021, FBI agent uh, David Harris, investigating sex crimes against kids, was arrested for sex crimes against kids involving numerous minors. Also in 2021, one uh, shot a homeless man who cursed the agent for not giving him money. It goes on and on with the different kind of problems we have with the FBI agents. But isn't it interesting that they get uh, arrested for doing exactly what they were supposed to be investigating? And for those people who are watching the whole Russia collusion thing with Trump and so on, not only did you find out it was not Trump doing it, but the Democrats doing it. And the Democrats and the news media keep trying to push that Trump did it. They keep pushing that narrative. You've seen this. You know this. But now FBI agents being arrested for doing exactly what they were supposed to be investigating Trump for. It doesn't get any sweeter than that. 915. Wake up, Wyoming. Take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up, Wyoming on K2 Radio. Nine twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to talk to Small Business Association Wyoming Director Amy Lee. Good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, Glenn. How are you? Very good. So you wrote an article, Six Steps to Kickstart Your Small Business in 2023, which is good that you put a piece together like that because right now starting a small business is extra difficult. Yeah, thanks. Um, our regional administrator, Ixa Marcoulier, and I wanted to make sure that Wyoming small businesses know there's an awful lot of help out here in Wyoming for them. Okay, so first of all, let's go through some of your steps here. Where did you even start looking for help, and what kind of help is available? Well, you know, in Wyoming, we have some fantastic resource partners. The Wyoming Small Business Development Center Network um, is, is based in Laramie and serves the entire state. They've got offices around the state. So there's free and confidential business advising available the Wyoming Business Council is their state funding partner, and at SBA, we're the federal funding partner, and they're hosted by UW. Good news is, for small businesses, that assistance is free for them, and they can get help with a business plan, running financial projections, all of those kind of things. And you got to navigate the tax system as well, some of the bureaucracy that's out there, I would think. Yeah, you know, that is part of it. And one of the things that people learn is having that experienced advisor to help them every step of the way really makes a huge difference. And so, um, you know, they can sit down one-on-one -on -one with a business advisor, either if they're in the startup phase saying, you know, hey, I've always been thinking about starting this particular type of business, it's been a dream of mine, you know, I'm starting to put it together, what do you think? How do we mm -hmm. go through the process? They can help with that, but they can also help more established businesses around the state that are, you know, maybe finding some challenges these days and help brainstorm and work through them. Right. There's always also for the startup people, 
I found to have that little bit of a buffer often called a loss leader at the beginning because you get things started and it takes a little while to grab some traction. Why not bring that up? It's wintertime. Grab some traction and finally get the business going. <laughs> but once it gets going, suddenly it can take off. Yeah, that can happen. I mean, it's always a great idea if you're thinking about starting a business to have a little cushion of savings, you know, so that you yourself can continue living indoors and and, uh, you know, enjoying the life that you know while the things are getting going with your business. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Have that buffer. And everybody wants to live indoors, trust me. So <laughs> yes. take a look at maybe even where you can put your business. Because as you were saying that, I started thinking, there's times people have a great business idea, but you got to make sure to locate that business in the right place. I mean, you might want to move across the state or maybe across town in order to put that business where it would be most effective. Yeah, that's the market research phase of starting a small business. And here in Wyoming, we even have a market research center that can help you look at your customer, you know, potential customer demographics, um, help you figure out what might make the most sense for your business. Where are you most likely to be successful? Maybe it's online. Right. Maybe you have a product that you can sell anywhere. Um, and so the bricks and mortar situation is less important. All that figures into the business planning process. And that market research center is part of the small business development center network I mentioned earlier. So let's get them to where they need to be. If they're thinking about a business or they have a business or thinking about maybe a little bit of help, where do they go to find this help? Sure. Um, they, people can certainly reach out to them on their website, Wyoming. SBDC for Small Business Development Center.org. Um, we also have a women's business center in Wyoming that the Wyoming Business Council and SBA partner to fund along with other funders as well. Um, that resource is available, Wyoming Women spelled out.org. And people can always call the SBA Wyoming District Office at 307 261. 6500, and my team and I will be happy to help them. Okay. This might be important also because there's plenty of people in the state of Wyoming, as spread out as we are, who are not necessarily in a major town hub. They might be farther out in Wyoming somewhere where they don't have a business hub that they can go to and find you guys, maybe talk to you in person. So for those people living way out in the middle of nowhere, some tiny town or just way out in the middle of nowhere, is that help available as well on the internet or on phone? Yeah, it is. And this year we've got a, a great program it's called the Community Navigator Program in Wyoming, which is funded by the Small Business Administration. Wyoming Community Navigator.org, all spelled out. And one of the purposes of this specific program is to reach out to people who are underserved in whatever way. Maybe they're in a really rural area and there hasn't been a how to start your own business class there in a long time. Um, they can get connected there and have resources to reach out to an individual or be informed about when someone might be coming to their community. And if someone really wants to meet with someone, we'll make it happen. You know, just reach out to SBA or our resource partners and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Right. I think that one of the most important things I've ever seen with any kind of businesses, you've got to network with other people. If you don't, you're lost immediately. 
Couldn't agree with that more. And, you know, it includes networking with people who are there to support your business, not just customers. You know, keep in touch with that lender. You'd be amazed at the wealth of experience in business, uh, in running a business or in knowing what's going to happen with the business that your lender might have. Go in, sit and talk with them and say, you know, hey, I'm, and here's what I'm thinking about doing this year. What do you think? Staying in touch with them, particularly, let's say, if you're having some cash flow challenges, maybe you're not going to be able to make an upcoming payment, so much better because if you if you reach out to them and let them know what's going on, most lenders will work with you. They'll say, how can we help you get back to a point where you're able to continue making these payments? Um, so you just want to be very present and reach out and be proactive if you're having any challenges. Okay, so real quick, let's get them there again. They find you how? Um, people can go to the SBA website, www.sba.gov. That's our national website. Add a slash WY to the end of that, and they'll reach the local site. You can call our office, 307 307- Two six one six five zero zero, or reach out to our resource partners in Wyoming, wyomingsbdc.org, wyomingwomen.org. Okay, Amy, thanks for coming on this morning. Hey, you bet. Have a great day. All right, so got one more segment with you. And you can always call in, jump in if you want. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Also, there's some good topics. I had your Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Ray on earlier this morning. He had some interesting things to say and some other really good topics. Remember, you'd never miss a program ever because if you use your Wake Up Wyoming app, you just touch the app and then select on demand and select the episode you want. This show becomes a podcast after I get off the air. So you can go ahead and listen back, pause it, start it again. Doesn't matter if you're in your vehicle or not. Listen to this show when you're ready to at your own pace. All right, local news up next, right after local news update on the weather forecast. Another segment of Open Phones, 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. Now, sometimes the story is not what you think it is. People get caught up in what they hear and not what the story is really about. Here's an example of this. From Motor Trend Magazine, parking your new electric pickup truck, yeah, EV pickup truck, in the driveway of Florida's Homeowners Association says no. Now, right away, people will pick on, well... It's an electric vehicle. Is it? That's. It has nothing to do with being an electric vehicle. It's pickup truck, right? So, here's a good homeowner association story, according to this here, Miami TV station is reporting it. Glenn Gordon, no relation, 27 year old resident of Weston Hills, 
a club in Florida. And he has been fighting with his homeowner association for weeks now because he bought an electric pickup truck. Now, I wonder, can you really call it an electric pickup truck if it's a, it's not a manly thing? The letter cited a rule titled Vehicle Parking Truck in capitalized letter. Trucks, trailers, recreational vehicles, and other commercial vehicles, any kind, are not permitted to be parked anywhere in the association community except inside your garage during overnight hours. Now, I've come across many homeowners association who hate the idea of, well, you have a truck, and we don't want to see your ugly truck. Now, first off, even though I'm not really into electric vehicles, I take a look at this particular electric, all-electric pickup truck, and it looks like a pickup truck. The headlights are a little funny looking, but other than that, it just looks like a pickup truck. And that's their complaint. Well, it's a pickup truck. Can't put pickup trucks are ugly. I think it's a good looking truck, but can't park that here because it's a truck. And they also don't want, let's say you're somebody who you have a pickup truck, but it has all the gear boxes, the, the boxes for your gear, you know, all over it. And so, well, it's got the logo of your business on these. You can't park that in your driveway where people can see it. Look, if somebody is showing up to fix your dishwasher, they can park in your driveway or in front of your house while they're working on the dishwasher. But if you're the guy who repairs the dishwasher, you're not allowed to park that vehicle on your... See, this is why I hate homeowners associations and why I will never live in a neighborhood with a homeowners association and why I get really bothered when city councils and county commissions start acting like homeowners associations. Drives me absolutely crazy. Can't stand it. If I own the house, it is my house, that's my driveway on my property, that is my vehicle, and if I want to park it there, I'm going to. And no, you're not allowed to make a rule telling me that I can't. And I've never understood, you know, people, look, if the entire community is a community filled with people who want to live that way, then you go ahead and do that. I always suggest when someone's going to buy a home, Check to see if there's a homeowners association. Right, that's the first thing. Check to see, do they have a homeowners association? If they do, you better read those bylaws. You better read every single page, every word, look at every comma, period, explanation point, whatever, in the rules. Careful. And can they make more? Are they allowed to make more rules? If they can make more rules, they will. And you will not be allowed to do what you want to do with your own property. I've seen people, they were told by the Homeowners Association, you have to repaint your house. Yeah, wasn't their decision. You were told, you have to. It's not acceptable. You are going to repaint your house. And then they weren't allowed to pick the paint color that they wanted. And when they went and finally bought the paint that was the approved color, they found out they have to repaint the house because this actually happened. Well, yeah, but, but it's a glossy paint. You're not allowed to put a glossy paint on it. You know, on and on this nonsense goes. So this is why I can't stand homeowners associations. If I were buying a house and I found out there was such an association, I wouldn't buy there. I also do the same thing when it comes, again, to city councils and county commissions yeah, they should never be allowed to act like homeowners associations, although a lot of them do. Uh, and I've seen, and I, as I say this, I think about, for one, Cheyenne, Wyoming has had some problems over the years with city council members. You know, And 
where people can park their vehicle, what kind of vehicle can be parked there. These things were discussed by the Cheyenne City Council many times. Whether people were uh, kids were allowed to have lemonade stands was something that they passed a while ago saying no, but they had to get that repealed because people got upset. So, yeah, I think besides a homeowners association, just keep a good eye on your city council and make sure you never hire bored busybodies. Because the moment the moment you hire a or, or elect a bored busybody, you're going to wind up with the same thing that this guy's going through. He just bought a truck. Yes, yeah, it's an all it's an electric truck. I get it. It's an EV. Okay, that has nothing to do with it. It's a pickup truck style. Yeah, if it had been a car style, he's allowed to park. But pickup truck, that's a truck, and we said no truck. And they have to send him a notice with the word truck capitalized in bold. Yeah, that's why I can't live around these people. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. i letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Coming up at 9.48, wake up Wyoming, off we go to the icebox and Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, Frank, I just came across a piece of advice on social media, which I thought, okay, this makes sense. Wait, 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 wait. You found something on social media in terms of advice that actually makes sense. Yes. This is is a rare moment. Uh, The date and time. It is 1-24-2023 at 9.48. Remember that because this will never happen again. Okay. Okay. So uh, if you want to save money... Don't get into crafts and hobbies. Right. Now, if I'm going to add to that, uh, you got to be careful. You can watch and enjoy sports from home, but the number of people I know who love to go to sporting events and buy all the paraphernalia. Not so much. I mean, not, you're gonna, I mean, people go. Oh, I know people who spend a lot. I try to get in for the minimum. Yeah, see? Okay. Well, that's because you're cheap, you know, which is not bad. I'm not saying that as as an insult. You're just a cheapskate. And so you're going to save money every way you can. Do you ever use your press pass to get into something that other people have to pay for? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying we gave you the press pass. Why not go cover it as a story? That way you can go for free. That's what I've done my whole career. Okay, there you go. That's See, if you can make a career out of it, that's even better. Right. That's a whole lot better. All right. <clears throat> but the number of times I've seen people say, I'm going to pick up a hobby. Now, here's my suggestion. If you can make money at your hobby, you can at least break even. I- at least, yeah. See? Do that. But, Lord, the, t- the number of times I've seen people who have a hobby that's just a bank drainer. But, again, let's go back since you do the sports segment here. I do know quite a few people. I'm sorry, you're spending how much to go see that game? 100 bucks. And you know they're going to lose. Well, it's 100 bucks to go see the game. Now, you got to drive there. Did you get a hotel? Yeah, yeah. Meals? Mm-hmm. Okay, did you buy other paraphernalia while you were there? Oh. A, a, a large can of beer is... is, is Thirteen dollars. So, how much does going for not you, Frank? You're you're cheapo. For the average person that just wants to go watch a game and they don't live, let's say, in Denver, they're up here. Mm-hmm. The whole experience costs about how much? Well, I mean, for a baseball game, you probably can get away with maybe two hundred bucks. You think for, so? For, Hotel for, meals? Well, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. A football game would be at at one hundred and fifty to that 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 total for sure. Okay. 
Um, yeah, it's. I'm thinking it's they pricey. dropped like 400. Yeah, I, I, I would call that pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah okay. So now how All many games? All said and done. Yeah. Okay. So how many times do you go to a game like that? Well, at that rate, maybe twice. Okay, in a year. Now, if you do that twice in a year, I can look at that and say, well, that's just like me taking a vacation. Right. For a week, or going someplace interesting for a weekend. Yeah, you you know, you, like you can go to Denver for the weekend and catch yes. a game and, right. you know, hang out and do something okay. else. You know, if, all, if you can control yourself, Frank. I know, that's always an issue. I know. And high school distance running, Sidney Morrell from Cheyenne Central has signed on with Iowa State of the Big 12 Conference. Morrell is the defending 4A state champion in the 3200 meters in track and field and the defending 4A state champion in cross country. Yesterday, Morrell was named the Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year. High school wrestling, the Casper Schools competed in the Moorcroft Tournament and the Toronto took third with two individual champions, Cade Nora 113. And Noah Sides at 195. Kelly Walsh was fifth in Moorcroft, and Glen Rock was 12th. In boys' high school basketball from Friday night, Cody over Kelly Walsh, 51 47. The Toronto lost to Thunder Basin, 50 37. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South, 88 40. Cheyenne Central defeated Laramie, 61 56. Buffalo over Glen Rock, 73 44. And Lusk over Burns, 69 62. In boys' play on Saturday, Campbell County over the Toronto, 56 52. Riverton got by Kelly Walsh, 60 55. Glen Rock over Moorcroft. 56-51. In the boys' team standings at this point in the season, Cheyenne East is 11-2. Cheyenne Central is 12-2. Laramie 8-6. Natrona 5-7. Kelly Walsh 4-7. South 4-9. Glenrock 5-4. And, and Burns 4-12. On the girls' side on basketball from Friday, Cody over Kelly Walsh 70-25. Natrona lost to Thunder Basin 60-47. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South 59-26. Laramie got by Cheyenne Central 57-55. Buffalo over Glenrock 64-42. And Lusk beat Burns 44 to 40 on Saturday. Kelly Walsh beat Riverton 40 51 28. Campbell County over in the Trona 72 49. And Moorcroft beat Glenrock 45 to 42. And the girls' team standings as of right now: Laramie 13 and 1, Cheyenne East 11 and 1, Central 9 and 3, Natrona 7 and 6, Kelly Walsh 2 and 9, South 1 and 11, Burns 7 and 9, and Glenrock 4 and 4. Men's College Hoops: The Wyoming Cowboys with a road game tonight in Las Vegas to meet UNLV. The folks are coming off a 58 57 win over Colorado. Colorado State on Saturday for their first Mountain West Conference victory of the year, so they're 1-6 in league play. UNLV is also 1-6 in the league, but 12-7 overall. There'll be a 9 p.m. start tonight from the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Larry. That's it. In now, how much does it cost the average person to go to the Super Bowl? Well, now, now I yeah. went to the Super Bowl and it cost me $75, but that was in 1986. Okay. I would say at least... <laughs> At least a thousand bucks. Okay, now and you're maybe just talking the ticket. Okay, because okay, first off, what's if we're talking average seats? You know, nothing, nothing too cheap, nothing too expensive. So the average ticket price for the seat is <laughs> average. I would say thirteen hundred, maybe. Okay, and now of course we're talking uh, traveling there. We're going to do hotels, yeah, 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 meals. So in other words. And I would say, though, for most people, isn't a Super Bowl like a once-in-a-lifetime thing? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could afford it one time. Okay. You know, unless somebody, unless I get it for free with a press pass. Sure. Okay. But now, for a once-in-a-lifetime event, if you're that big of a fan, I am all with you. I'm all in on that. You do that. But if you're making average money and you're going every single year, 
you might want to check your habits. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> that could have been invested in your retirement. <laughs> and then I could have gone to all the Super Bowls. <laughs> exactly right. Thank you, Frank. Hey, coming up on some local business. We're going to roll into news time after that. Weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.